listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Three, two, one. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode eight. This week we are reviewing uh, the Sega Classic first of a cinematic universe sonic the hedgehog i'm joined by dex and jake um guys how we doing oh uh, ups- upset i had to watch this oh come on it wasn't that bad <laughs> it was good. Ow, but no nah, i'm good we're good dex just got back from the theater like literally a few minutes ago so he's fresh off of this so i guess we'll just get right into it we got some other stuff coming uh more at the end of the show as far as um you know some more light uh, i guess uh, the guest's review is lighthearted, but some more uh fun things in this movie um let's start with the sonic synopsis really quick not sonic uh drive-in which i'm sure is getting a ton of uh bumps from <laughs> from this accidentally especially their website Say that again. I'm like a tie-in with Sonic. Well, that's part of this part of this movie that I'm surprised that they didn't, um, because we'll get to why uh, that would have made a lot more sense here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. After discovering a small blue fast hedgehog, a small town police officer must help it defeat an evil genius who wants to ex- to do experiments on it. This is rated PG. Um, it was originally supposed to come out months ago. Uh, it's directed by Jeff Fowler, who's been very online uh, talking about this movie. And, um, you know, especially all the animation redos and reshoots and everything else, and basically uh, almost redoing this movie from scratch. It has a budget of $85 million, which I'm sure like $20 million of that went to Jim Carrey, and then the rest was to redo the animation. Um, but to a lot of people's surprise, it is a hit. It's made already $128 million, uh, according to IMDb. That is incredible. Um do we think that the discourse, I guess the discourse or the the news surrounding it uh, when it came out and had that God like forsaken trailer uh, that came out with the original Sonic that had like human legs and human teeth and everything else? Um, do we think that helped this movie at all? Oh, for sure. Um, I have like a kind of a theory or a conspiracy theory that. Um, they purposely designed him like that, which is kind of dumb because it costs hundreds of millions for them to go back and, and redesign him. But that was just an awful mistake to do that. And I think the backlash on the original design really was a marketing campaign in itself because I think people, when this came out, people wanted to see what the movie really was. How post terrible human Sonic hybrid thing. Dex, I think, think I think it saved this movie from being cats where it's just kind of weird and unnerving and made it into something watchable that's just like not a good movie instead of being 
an abomination to film. Uh, so yeah, I think it really helped. Well, it's interesting because I think I want to know if they put in some of the stuff that's in the movie after the fact, like after going back, if they had any other ideas and were like, I guess we can just reshoot this since it's not coming out for another few months anyway. Or if they just kept all the same, kept all the storyline the same and just redid Sonic in the shots. I, I like to think that they wouldn't do a lot of extensive reshoots other than having a bunch of poor visual effects artists crunch for, you know, three months. Um, but to their credit, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can say that, that entire, about the movie. The entire opening sequence in his home planet, which is just like kind of the first level of the Sonic games. It was phenomenal. It looked really cool. Yeah. So I guess we'll start there. So, uh, it's Greenland Hills, right? From the original Sega game. I'm sure. 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 Yeah. I guess we we aren't a bunch of Sonic players. Like I literally played Sonic last night, the uh, the original Sega Genesis version last night. Um. So just like at this interesting bar called Putters, and no free ads, but called Putters in Waco, where they got a bunch of like retro games and things like that. I had never Is played that new. Yeah. Shout out to Waco getting new th- new things. Holy sh- God, I graduate and it gets cooler and cooler. Yeah, exactly. We so, got barcades now? I know. We got like our own our own kung fu saloon, basically, but it's just called Putters and there's uh there's like a miniature golf course in there and everything. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, things are on the up and up here in, in Waco since Chip and Joanna took over. Um the the original Sega game, I mean, literally this is not this movie is nothing like that game. So, you know, and I wasn't a big Sonic player anyway. I was barely even a Mario player. So, I mean, I know that's two different companies, but it, just to give you a little bit of an idea, like more so Mario, but I had no basis for any Sonic lore or backstory if there is any. So, uh yeah, so but taking him out of that where it's literally like the first level of the game and then we're just immediately going to thrust him into the human world is sort of an interesting choice, but I I don't know. I feel like it's the only way that you can give this movie any levity, I guess, or comedy. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't really yeah. tell you why this movie exists other than to be a franchise and make money, but like... We didn't really need a Sonic adaptation on mm-hmm. film. I don't I don't know anyone who asked for that, but you know, they did it, so that's fine. Um I take it as like because the Pokemon movies are, are pretty hard to take the Pikachu is pretty successful, so I'm guessing that they're it, it's just a capitalization on that sort of game since we're now at a point where CGI and computer animation can basically match real world pretty damn well. So I guess let's put nostalgia on screen. Yeah, and I guess, and, and it's funny because Sega, like, they, it, it all of a sudden was like, and I didn't know if Sega was still even that popular of a company. I mean, they're worth a few billion dollars, but obviously not as, as popular as Nintendo. So the fact that they, like, came out and they had, like, an opening Marvel crawl was really funny to me in the opening of the movie. Yeah. It's just like Sega. We've made one movie now. Here's Very our crawl. Excited for the Sega cinematic universe. Yeah, like Mega Man movie things like that. That it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see 
where they kind of go from here because definitely they're making a sequel. I, I think before we get, I mean, this whole thing is going to be a spoiler review, so strap in uh, if you really care that off that much and you're listening. But um, I would give this as a children's movie. This serves its purpose. Uh, I think if you're looking to go take your kids to go see something over the weekend or uh, you know you just need something to distract yourself as a kids movie, I think this is does the job in that sense i would give it a b just a solid b kids movie uh in the sense of just a normal like whatever movie like if we're grading it that tough i think this is like a d or maybe like a c minus that's all i mean meh um i agree like i i imagine myself watching this as a kid because this movie is not meant for me at no none of it was meant for me a grown 29 year old man but I can't imagine, like, if I was, I don't know, seven years old right now and my parents took me to see this, I, I think I would love it. I think I would absolutely think it's the greatest thing in cinema history. So in that regard, like, I, I, I agree, like a B plus, maybe like a, an A somewhere in there. Um, but as cynical, grown 29-year-old me, it is a D. There is nothing in this film for me as an adult, like, even in, in like a Toy Story two, there's something or not two four. There's something for adults to like gather. That's beyond that. It's just a movie about toys. There's nothing for adults in this like film. It's just bad joke after bad joke. Uh, I think I liked it a little more than both of y'all did. Um, <laughs> I just got out of the theater, and uh, you know, had, we had a couple of daddy daughter dates in there. Um, you know, things like that. And I think it's a good movie for that kind of thing. Uh, all, all the children seem very entertained. Um, so as a kid's movie, I guess I'd also give it like a, a B. Uh, but I think it's just like a regular movie. I think it accomplishes pretty much what it set out to. It like If you watch the trailers, you know exactly what's coming in. And mm-hmm. it did that about as well as it could. And I'd give it like a C plus or so. Yeah. I mean... Th- how did you feel though, as like a grown man being in the theater for this by yourself? I am assuming I chuckled like twice, but beyond that, I was like, eh, "Eh." This is one of those movies where if you're by yourself and you're a grown man, it's just sort of like, "All right, all these parents are here and me." Like, yep. yeah, that I mean, was my exact experience. I mean, it's fine. You can do whatever you want, but you just know, just know, <laughs> the parents are like, okay. <laughs> yeah thankfully i was sitting on the top row and i was like the only one up there so wasn't being judged too hard but still not a great look yeah i mean it just this is what it, man this is just a kid's movie like i i don't know what i was expecting i think i was ma- expecting like maybe because and i didn't see a lot of detective pikachu but it had some like gravity to it and things like that for you know it was still a kid's movie and a cash grab but i it had a little bit more of weight to it maybe even the from like the story and stuff so like i don't know what i was expecting from this but to get to the end and find out it was just a kid's movie i was like yeah that makes sense i'm the idiot yeah for sure yeah detective pikachu more directly deals with death and i think we associate that with like adults but uh yeah i mean somebody dies very early on in this movie but we just kind of never talk about it again so i think that kind of well we're not yeah sorry i mean we're not like interrupt or like we're not connected to the okay now we're fully going into spoilers i'm not going to put a time code 
it's fine. You'll be fine if you hear. We, he's raised by this like Guardians of Gahul owl. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. And she like we're like five seconds in, she's killed. I have like immediately. Question. I have a question about that, and I realize it's unanswerable. But what is this planet? And is Sonic so rare and so special that he's worth killing over? Like, is there only one hedgehog in this world that an owl has to raise him? Is there, like, no hedgehog parents around? Yeah, where does he come from? I guess these are the answers we need to know. Uh, or don't. It doesn't matter. We're thinking too hard into this. No, um, it really doesn't. But it, it's a... And the that I love the most is that we actually start in the record scratch. I'm wondering how you are. You're wondering how I got here. Boo. No, not really, man. You're Sonic. You're being chased by Robotnik. Like that is your whole. I'm, I'm not questioning it at all. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. That is literally the backstory behind Sonic. Is just him versus Robotnik. <laughs> so it's just like to, but to spend as minimal amount of time as they did on his actual backstory is really funny. It's just like, just like bet you're wondering how i got here owl dead now i'm here like, like all right <laughs> yeah shout out to the owl whose name i think is Longclaw. shout out to Longclaw. i you, you could have held a gun to my head i could have never told you that what a badass name i literally just walked out of the universe so that's why i know that <laughs> um i don't get how they introduced the rings because i mean that's a central element of the game so like they're teleportation rings so bam so that's a cool way to bring that into the movie yeah everyone has them except humans <laughs> we're not developed enough we're not ready for rings i was gonna say that was gonna be the like how would they incorporate that because like yeah that's the video game. You collect rings and things like that. But how are they going to... And I got to say that, you know, it makes sense. Like, it's a pretty good way of incorporating that element of the, of the actual game. So if you're going to do that, I guess that's one way to actually kind of do that. I wasn't mad that that was the way that they incorporated those rings. I was like, all right, that serves a purpose. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. So, I mean... <laughs> I don't have much to really say about this. I, I wrote some notes down and maybe tell me what you think about them. I, I, uh, and we'll get to the biggest like atrocity that is in this movie here in just two seconds. But I put that, you know, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey's doing his thing, you know, uh, yep. Nineties, Jim Carrey's back folks. You wanted a nineties movie. Here he is. Uh, the the 90s god himself uh oh. james carey is uh back doing his ace ventura thing i i think like i mean but he's he's committed so that's like better than we've seen from jim carey in a long time yeah like this is this is what jim carey should be doing now but he's i think he's almost improving but like in, in such a beautiful way that there's exactly perfect for him he's chewing up the scenery he's living his best life in this film it is perfectly designed for him yeah i think jim carrey he had a couple really funny jokes um and he's jim carrey so he has a funny face and it works 
No one has ever dancing. Yeah, I mean, nobody's ever been able to contort his body and his face like more like Jim Carrey. Yeah, it's it's kind of uncanny. Like I can't even. I can't control my face very much at all. So, like, just watching him do it, I'm like, what the fuck, man? What is his sorcery? And for him to pull off that mustache really well. Oh, you think so? It looked glued on to me. Oh, no, I was like, that was not a homegrown stash, but he was able to look good in it. I, I think he pulled off, you know, and at the very end when he turns into the actual Dr. Robotnik, like, with the shaved head and, like, the huge mustache and everything, like... I think that looked, you know, that looked actually pretty good. I wish we maybe would have gotten more of that actually in this movie if we're nitpicking things here. Like if you're going to actually be the guy, be the guy, but, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, he I has think, to have a backstory too. And his backstory was that he was just bullied. <laughs> he was smart and he liked tech and everyone else was afraid of him kind of, I guess. Is his backstory? He instigated a war in Pakistan casually. Yeah, just what were the he like? You ever hear about this? You ever hear about this place? No. Well, good. Nope. <laughs> That's not a real country. Because I forget what they called him. He's like, uh, guy's a tire. He called him a tire fire of uh, insanity. Yeah. I thought that, that was a, whole, a pretty funny line. That whole Pentagon scene was hilarious to me just because it's, I don't know if it's like actual commentary, but for like the U.S. military to be like, we're not equipped to handle a power outage in the Pacific Northwest. We have to bring in a contract scientist. It's hilarious. This, okay, let's get this out of the way. This movie's very dumb. The script goes, I mean, there's no, literally like no story. It's like, they got to get from point A to, they got to get from Green Hills, Greenland Hills in Montana to San Francisco. And when they get there, it's, they're just there for like five minutes. So like, that's all this story is. And it's like Sonic and James Marsden try to be friends along the way. There's zero backstory here. And also there's not a whole lot that, they can do action wise there's only so many ways to show sonic is really fast like they they ran out of stuff to do here he mm-hmm. goes real fast that's it yeah i mean I, it it just was it just like there I, I can't reiterate how dumb this movie is because there the i put on twitter the the script is mostly quips and puns and a few of them landed like a few of the quips like landed and, and stuff but there's also like fart jokes and there was i there was like a breastfed joke jim carrey oh, said, <laughs> yeah jim carrey said uh look at my egg sack yeah said look talking what, about like charlotte's web yeah said look what came out of my egg sack so there's like some just there was i mean the the fart joke in the hotel was just like they didn't have anything to go so he just farted yep that's when i was like okay all right if i wasn't if i didn't know by now i'm definitely watching a dumb kids movie uh yeah that's that's all i gotta say i i 
why is James, you know, I put, I like James Marsden. He commits in this pretty well too. Um, yeah. I'm surprised he's not more famous. I just made that note. Uh, I wrote almost the same thing, but I also wrote, it's unfair how gorgeous he is. But that also ties back. Like, he is stupid beautiful, and his career is so-so. Like, I, I kind of really only keep up with him because of Westworld. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, so, I, I, he had to have gotten paid for this movie. Like, all these, like, mainline actors had to have gotten paid. Because, like, Tinka, uh, Tika Sumter, she commits pretty well, too. Like she, she's gay. I had no idea she was in this movie and was very surprised to see that, that was his wife. <laughs> yeah, shout out. I was like, oh, okay, hey. <laughs> I mean, it works. It's cool. But I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that was what this was. Cool. <laughs> They're they have a interracial relationship in Montana. It's good political commentary. <laughs> I was gonna. That, that's hey some, man, they're in Montana. Uh, that's what I am proud of. Put your milk with my cocoa puff. Milky, oh. <laughs> milky cocoa puff. But no, I agree. Like all the human actors in this, which I guess is everybody, Sans Sonic, really actually did their best. Like I feel like this is easily a film that they all could have phoned it in. I, I think they all ex- well maybe Jim Carrey accepted it because like he just gets to play himself but everybody else like this could have just been an easy paycheck and they walk out with it but mm-hmm. they, they tried I don't want to say their best but they actually tried to like play and have fun with this film Dex what do you think about the like the overall cast in this and then we'll you know I'll, I'll then we'll just end with some things that I li- liked and disliked about the movie and y'all di- liked and disliked about the movie uh, I think the cast overall was pretty good, pretty entertaining. Um, you know, just watching these people and being like, they were really like standing there talking to probably just some guy holding up a stick, <laughs> pretending it's Sonic and they're making it work. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know if you've ever seen how they motion capture Rocket Raccoon. Th- that tweet I went, haven't. that tweet went mega viral a long time. Jake, did you ever see that? Mm-hmm. It's it's James Gunn's brother, and I forget what his name is. Um, uh, uh, Sean I, Gunn. Yeah, Sean Gunn, and he's in he's in the uh, he's in a few of those movies. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy as has a pretty good role, but like he plays the motion capture for Rocket the Raccoon, which you would think they would just use a kid, but they use Sean Gunn, and he's walking around <laughs> on his on his uh, basically on his hands and his knees. I can't even describe it. He's like crouched down, walking around. I I have to imagine that's what they did here. If you haven't seen that, go find it, or we'll tweet it out later. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. So I just have to imagine that they did that here for him. So, I, you know, overall, uh, I guess as we wrap up, and then we'll talk about uh, – I said Sonic has ADHD. Mm-hmm. This movie and the character – <laughs> yeah for sure uh his adhd is just him explaining what is happening in the scene to the audience as the audience is watching the scene 
He's just walking I mean, blue exposition. Yeah, and I, I get like he's fast and everything, so I get like the character, you know. I, I get it. I get why they did that. But there's definitely like going to be a bunch of kids that I actually do probably have ADHD that go to this movie and are just going to be like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so many like throwaway lines and like the rubber band ball thing, like just out of nowhere for no reason. Just so much happens, and you're like, I don't get what the point of any of that was. Because they had to make this a feature-length movie. Like, they could have made this movie an hour long. This could have been a TV special, for sure. Mm -hmm. He runs to the Pacific Ocean from Montana in two seconds. I could have done this. I mentioned this film in one. I wanted to mention that they could have done this. Yeah. They could have done this movie in literally like a 30 minute, like TV special, but the, he runs, he goes, all right, which way is it? He goes West and he goes and he runs into this, uh, in the specific ocean, into the Pacific ocean and comes back and is like, saltwater, saltwater stings. Like you didn't tell me which way to go. I need a ride. And you're like, dude, you could have, by the time that you could have found it by the time that it took you to get back to the car. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that irritated running. me. That that piece of the storyline irritated me really bad. I was like, "You could have just got, like you could have found it." Also, logistically, to run a straight line, you probably demolished like whole houses and towns. <laughs> just any <laughs> roof. He just like he just like Superman through all of those houses and like. <laughs> Um, then again, we also get the, the bar scene where they he basically runs so fast he can stop time, which is a wild power that we should have explored long ago. So I, I guess he runs so fast in a straight line that maybe he can stop things and nobody notices. That annoyed me because I was like, how many times have we seen this sequence in X-Men movies? Like this exact thing. Yeah. Like, I don't I, it's I, been at least three X-Men movies where we've seen that exact sequence with the Flash. Yeah, I put that as the... Um, uh, oh, hold on. I, I wrote it down. This is going to really bother me. Oh, the other guys. I put this as the other guys slow motion scene, but I guess your comparison makes more sense. <laughs> no, I thought of the, the exact same thing. Um... Uh, just I don't know some other random notes I have here uh Sean McDonough or Neil McDonough is in this movie for literally only like 10 minutes two minutes I mean I don't know who that is he's the blonde he's the blonde haired general guy oh right like it's dressed down in front of what I'm guessing all of his men and just accepts it yeah he's literally in there for like you know because he's like He's been in some good things. Band of Brothers way long ago. He's kind of a character actor, but like he's been in a lot of good things. He's literally what did they just in here for two minutes? Do you do you think he knew that when he took this job? You're gonna get roasted by Jim Carrey for a couple minutes and not do anything else. Here's a million dollar paycheck. Yeah, I guess all in a day's work. I also put um the sister-in-law was terrible up until the uh, uh, the Fitbit joke at the very end, 
where uh, I literally laughed out loud at that. That was actually kind of funny. When she got tied up in her own house, I thought that was hilarious. Like the "this is my house" comment, like had me cracking up. <laughs> the fact that she, for no reason, wants her sister to get a divorce. Check the phone for dating. Apps. I mean, to be fair. To be fair, had her sister been married to some other person, none of that happens. This is, this is very alien invasion thing. I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. So maybe they should have gotten a divorce. Maybe the sister is so aware how gorgeous James Marston is, and she thinks her sister is like way overkicked the coverage, that so she's like, he's it's not it's not going to work out for you. Or it might be that he's white. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we got a social and racial commentary going on on uh, on Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. That's the deeper theme in this movie we were looking for: is the interracial marriage. Let's really break the racial that. Of Sonic. Yeah, let's really break this down here, shall we? So it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> let's not do that. I don't want to start a I don't want to start a war on Twitter about movie comes out in February and what we see is the white devil <laughs> <laughs> you know man black history month. <laughs> Look, what I'm saying is we get introduced to her and then he immediately shifts her off to San Francisco good I'm not having this I don't want to have this conversation talking about Sonic <laughs> I don't want to do it I want to do it. We're, we can watch it. We can watch a different movie if we want to do that. <laughs> now, does this interracial couple keep Sonic as a pet or as a son? What does that say about their relationship at the end of the movie? <laughs> How does the dog get along with Sonic? I mean, it's fine. He licked his face, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, okay, so finally... About Sonic, and then we'll we'll move on. This is actually going to be the quickest review I think we ever did. Um, <laughs> this is a big Olive Garden ad. <laughs> it is. Like, I don't know if they put that in after the fact. Like, they had to reshoot it, and they're like, shit, we are so over budget, man. Like, who is going to, like, who is going to sponsor this? Olive Garden, get him on the phone. There are... And it's so random because, like, who cares about Olive Garden that much? What person who was working on the script for Sonic was like, you know what I want for lunch every fucking day? Olive Garden. That never ending <laughs> possible. Good lord. The fact that he goes, the only apps they have are the installed ones in Olive Garden. And she goes, well, yeah, because when you're here and he finishes with your family. I was like, did we just have to like, slide a commercial in here? Was this needed? I'm not going to lie. I kind of laughed. I was like, because he, he, he genuinely delivered that line with a little sincerity where I was like, you know, they, that's about as good as you could have done that. Honestly, had that. That been the only mention of Olive Garden, that would have been hilarious product placement. Yeah. But then when they come back to it at the end, you're like, come on, man, what the fuck? And the gift card was weird. And then that he has to sell them on the bottomless salad. That was they show up at your door, he's like, We have a gift we have a gift for you from the United States government to thank you for not telling about this alien 
that is in <laughs> our midst and our crazy scientists that nearly da- destroyed half of downtown San Francisco and then disappeared. Fifty dollars to Olive Garden. I mean, but really, what else are you going to you need in Montana? <laughs> I don't know, money, Time. shit. <laughs> it's true that 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 seemed previous. They're repainting the living room that was shot up by robotics. You would think the U.S. Army would be like, "Hey, let's uh, let's like buy you a new house or at least pay for this." I mean, they nope. got banks in Montana. <laughs> you know what else they got? Never ending possible. <laughs> Never. Much like the plane, oh. the Great Plains of Montana. These possibles are never ending. Uh, uh, there's also a weird advertisement for Zillow. There is a couple more, yeah. And I mentioned to say it's like I've been looking for I've been looking for apartments on Zillow.com. <laughs> Wink, nod. And then she shows it in like this perfect house, San Francisco. I was like, okay, so all right, self Zillow. How much money do cops make? Jesus, their house. Well, I mean, like she's I mean, a vet, right? Sheriff. Oh, true, 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 true. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. she's a she's a vet, so I mean, they're making like okay money, I guess. But it's also like four thousand dollars for something in in San Francisco. That actually seems pretty affor- affordable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the government can also buy him a new Forerunner. That thing got eight up. Oh, yeah, he needs a new car. Yeah, he has the drop-top Tacoma now. $50. $50. I'm surprised they didn't just eat at Olive Garden. Like That would have been better than just where you're here. Where you're here, your family. Oh, my God. That was also really... I, I that was also just really good product placement for Toyota because I mean basically the subtext is you could like put a harpoon through the dash it'll still run you could take off the top it'll still run. I couldn't believe it. I, I actually I could because like but it's just like it was so it was the most blatant advertising that I think I've ever seen like even more than like Transformers that has like an Xbox transform into a transformer. And like a Pepsi machine transform into a transformer, like it was more blatant than that. Um, the only other one that I wrote down was Sonic at one point in time takes a dig at Amazon for the drones. Yeah, I, I wrote that down. Is can you believe Amazon's going to have these things del- uh, deliver packages to people while it's trying to murder them? Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Can't lie. Like eat your heart out, Jeff yeah. Bezos. Anti drone messaging. Yeah, just it, a few anti drone messages in here as well. Um, and then, oh, also Jim Carrey says, uh, "Go to Optical Illusions; they know what I like." So, <laughs> Eva, just one more product placement got thrown in there. I was thinking in my head, like, is that a real place? I've never heard of it. I think it is a real. I looked it up. I think it is like a real sort of chain. Good lord! They yeah, they were throwing in whatever product placement they could. They needed all the money they could find. It is so stupid, and we were saying this before we started recording, or maybe we just said it at the very beginning. Sonic Drive-In really dropped the bag with this. They just fumbled the bag. 
because it's just like it's the easiest product placement in the world. They could have even had the guys from the commercial just like see a blur <laughs> go past them and like freak out about it. Oh my god, they could have. Man, that was fast, you know but not like the car hops at Sonic. You know, they <laughs> could have perfectly sat in for the car chase scene down the road. We almost kill a minivan and then we don't and we never talk about them again. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the dad of the kids he fl- like flips a perfect Yui and they're fine and then we ignore them. It's such a weird scene to introduce for no reason. And I thought, I was like, oh, maybe the guy is famous or he was like a part of the creation of Sonic. He's just a dude. <laughs> so they just wanted to show a scene where like there could have been an explosion of a minivan, but they're fine. There was almost collateral damage. This movie almost <laughs> had stakes, but then it didn't. You thought this movie was going to have stakes? This isn't yeah. Outback. This is Olive Garden. God damn it. <laughs> sorry i'm very sorry um all right let's move on from this oh good lord sonic the hedgehog if you want to take your kids to go see something if you need them to sit quiet for like two minutes it's an hour and 30 out of your day sing along and then ignore this movie forever <laughs> i will mm-hmm. never i gotta tell you i put in the group message i will never think about this movie ever again nope until the sequel comes out and we review that. Yeah, because uh, there was like post credit scenes with like uh, Tails, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Robotnik in the Mushroom Planet, I guess, planning his way back. Okay, sorry. However, we, that's gonna work. Whatever. Before we move on, literally, I, we got a we got a tweet about this um, asking, and I guess we have to answer it now. Let me see if I can find it. Sorry, it, it was asking, do we think? Um, okay, they said from JB Laser, Laser, J Blade, J Blazer. I don't, sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter, he said, Here's a question for you Are the comments about the Mushroom World and the Sonic movie a commentary on Nintendo absorbing Sega? And I was looking it up. Nintendo hasn't absorbed Sega. Now, they, they do have Mario versus Sonic games. Uh, like Sonic Olympic, Mario versus Sonic Olympics, tennis, things like that. Um, but other than that, I don't think they've ever absorbed Sega. They should. I'm surprised that they haven't. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think that was anything to do. I think maybe it may be one of the levels actually on the game. But yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with Mario. Do you have anything to say about that? Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm not that deep into the Nintendo Sega wars, but I will say that the whole film, like they just shit on the Mushroom Planet so hard. Yeah, that place. Every sucks. other line is how how much it sucks and how lonely it is. So it feels like aggressive writing. So it might mean something, but I also don't know enough to say that it means anything. There's these two weird plumbers and a dragon that live there. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Just turtles everywhere. Um, 
he he also puts uh, he had a follow up, and I guess we got to respond to this because we never did because I didn't know what to make of it. He said Sonic states that he doesn't want to go to the Mushroom World because he would be all alone. To my knowledge, Sonic is the only Sega property Nintendo licenses. Could this also be a lament for beloved Sega characters Alex Kidd and Echo the Dolphin? And I got to tell you, man, no idea. That is completely over my head. I am making a whoosh motion. I have no idea what any of that means. Yep, absolutely okay. zero idea. Yeah, no idea. Come on the pod, talk about it for yourself. Yeah, we'll yeah. Sorry, we didn't. We couldn't do more for you there. Um, apparently, mushroom we failed King, you. Yeah, we failed you. Mushroom Planet stinks. Uh, eat it. Oh, eat yeah, it. All of fun them. guy joke. Huh. The fun guy joke that he makes. Ugh. I just there are so many jokes that just do do not land in this. I can't reiterate that enough. But there's some that are really funny. But then there's just some that are just like, just like, <laughs> like that's all I can say about it. Like the fart jokes that Sonic makes. Some of these were a big stinky pile of gas. Anyway, also shout out to all the dudes who got their asses kicked in the bar. And then I guess said nothing. Yeah, they're too like proud or something. Like what? I don't know. Big anyway. ba- big time bar big time bar fight goes nowhere. And that was something that just added to the movie for no reason. Um, ending fight scene was cool. Final, whatever. Moving on. Go see the movie uh, or don't. We don't care. Um, so, do you want to do what are we streaming first or the uh, movies that scared you as a kid? Say that again. Let's do scared. Okay, so this went viral on Twitter. Um, and I thought it would be a very interesting question. It's from uh, Ashley Bauer. She tweeted it a few days ago uh, and went mega viral on Twitter, actually. Um, as far as, you know, got 9,000 retweets, but 88,000 likes, which is like, that's, that's crazy. Um, and it just is a picture and it says what movie traumatized you as a kid and she she said i'll start she said jumanji now i quote tweeted this one um with one that is an actual like horror movie uh some of y'all you may have a funnier answer to this but i will always go back and say this when i was eight years old my mom let me watch a movie from the 1980s called the lost boys oh which is Warriors. I, I wish it, if it was the Warriors that would have been less scary. It was literally Kiefer Sutherland as a vampire, and it was the most some of the most gruesome vampire. Oh, it's a rated yeah, R movie yeah. in the eighties. You know how rated R you have to be in the eighties to be rated R. <laughs> <laughs> like, like. Al Pacino was doing Blow and Scarface, and they were still just kind of like, is this rated R? I don't know. Like, so this movie was a hard R, and I was eight years old. I didn't sleep for a month. Good Lord. So, yeah, that's my movie. I don't know if y'all have anyone, like, less than that. Also, there was this weird Disney movie called The Watcher in the Woods, which was, like, Disney trying to be edgy and put out their own, like, horror franchise or something and it terrified me but we don't have to talk about that it was like a pg movie and it still scared the shit out of me anyway oh i know 
I know that movie. I, I wish that exactly I did, but I don't. About. Yeah, it it is a weird one. I I watched it way young, so I don't remember anything. But yeah, Washington Woods. It's like that it's on D plus right now. I bet I would imagine it is like their entire back catalog. But like, that was such a weird movie. Anyway, so those two movies when I was a kid traumatized me. Uh, do y'all have one? Jake, go ahead. Uh, I have two um, that came to my head when you first asked us this question. The first one is a movie that came out in 1998. Um, I think I watched it around then. Uh, I had a babysitter that was just like a regular high school dude that didn't care about watching kids, so he just put on this movie because I think it just came out on VHS. And it's good to do that anyway. That movie is The Faculty, which is a alien horror film that takes place in a high school, and it's full of like the '90s Brat Pack. A young guy Wood is in there. Uh, Josh Hartnett's in there. It it's good to me. Like I, I legit thought aliens were in my. I don't know, I guess elementary school and my teachers were going to eat me. It, it, I did not sleep for like weeks. Friggin' John Stewart's in this movie? Yeah, it's it's surprisingly sad. I've watched it like a couple of times since. It is a horrible like horror movie. It doesn't, or I guess sci-fi movie. It does not stand up. There is one scene that like stayed with me from when I was a kid, and it's I forgot exactly the whole details that happened, but essentially like a girl gets cut up with a pair of scissors, and it's semi gory. That stuck with me, but it's also not a good film. Like it's just a bad sci fi film. This monster looks terrifying, so I can see how this would scare you as a holy crap. They I think drown it in a pool is how it ends. Um. The other film, and God love my mom because she did not know what it was about, and she thought it was a kid's film, and though it was on HBO when I first watched it, was Mars Attacks. That was a big answer that a lot of people were given. Go ahead. Why did it it traumatize? I I get it, but why did it traumatize you? Again, it's another film I saw way too young. All the humor is an adult humor thing like it completely goes over my head so young kid needs like oh it's just alien invasions this is what's gonna happen people are gonna have their heads screwed off it's <laughs> we're screwed mars attacks talk about one that i have not seen in forever is uh jack nicholson the president in that movie uh the only person i completely remember is pierce brosnan but let me look it up really quick what a weird sort of big budget b movie (laughs) i don't know that that such a strange 1996 yeah jack Jack nicholson is the president what a cast jack nicholson glenn close annette bidding pierce brosnan danny devito martin short sarah jessica parker michael j fox holy shit natalie oh that's right the tom jones scene Tom Jones lives. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a Tim Burton banger, but like, good <laughs> lord, like, what a cast for just a just a whatever movie. Like, 
I they, he must have sold them on something. This is going to be like the next big thing, but I mean, it's kind of become a cult movie. But that uh, crazy. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I watched it way too young, and I assumed that if aliens were to attack, we're all screwed, and I'm going to die. True. I mean, yes, we would. <laughs> would still would still stand to this day, but I guess older me is like, whatever now. Unless they're like Sonic, in which case you'll just be friends with them and adopt yes. them as your child. And eat at Olive Garden. Or pet. <laughs> Dex, do you have any movies that traumatized you as a kid? The, the only one that I distinctly remember my first experience with and be, feeling just like entirely messed up afterwards is a little known movie from 2004 called Passion of the Christ. Oh, holy shit. Literally. <laughs> Fourth grade me was not ready. Yo, that movie My... is brutal. Yeah, man. I, yeah, no. Uh, my parent, my mom and my aunt went to see it in the theaters. I was like old enough to go, but not old enough that I cared about movies at that point. So I distinctly remember sitting in the theater kind of under my jacket the entire time, like <laughs> nodding off or whatever. And then waking up towards the end and seeing Jesus getting the shit beat out of him and just mm. bleeding all over the place and getting crucified and whatnot. And just, I I cried. I screamed and I cried and they had to take me out of the theater because I could not <laughs> handle it. Just and a- I watched that movie again, like, as an older child, like, in high school. And I was like, why did my parents let me watch this? Oh, it, ooh, it's intense. I wonder how many homes have, like, pictures of Jim Caviezel <laughs> thinking that, like, it's a painting of Christ. It looks <laughs> so good. Like, he nails it. Well, it is sort of problem- problematic now. You have, like, just, I like, mean, like a, you have a, uh, a middle-aged white guy playing... Uh, a a Jew in like the first century. So directed like, by Mel Gibson. Yeah, directed by directed by uh, known <laughs> uh, problematic guy Mel Gibson. No, the, known anti semite. Yeah, known anti semite. Well, yeah, let's just call it like it is. Known known bad guy. Um, the that movie. And apparently, they're gonna do it again. I'm reading. Oh yeah, they are. The Passion of the Christ too. Uh, <laughs> the Resurrection. I Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! A new hope. The. Uh, <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah. Passion of the Christ yeah. too. Too fast. Too furious. Yeah. Jim Caviezel's attached. Oh, that's just wrecking again. Yeah. Did you say a Passion of the Christ 2 electric boogaloo? <laughs> electric boogaloo. Oh, good lord. There's only like three things sequels can be called. And we just named all three. Oh, my God. Passion of the Christ. That movie is really boring until it's not. And then it comes it's out just quick. Such a bad time for all involved. Just, yeah, not a good, like, and of course, like the the Christ story. Uh, the crucifixion, not fun, but like, like not a good time. 
but it's just like seeing it in person is like, ooh, we didn't need to see this. We did not need yeah. to. I'm good. I did not need to see that. Especially there's a part in that movie that stick that is burned into my memory. When they're whipping that guy with the cat of nine, that guy, when they're whipping Christ with the cat of nine tails <laughs> and, and it sticks in his ribs and they rip his ribs out. Do you remember that? I try not to, but yeah, I, yes. Good Lord. <laughs> oh my God. That, uh. I'm surprised I didn't see that answer more often to that question. I think a lot of people just don't remember that movie. I feel like it like swept the nation and then it stopped. It was like the highest grossing rated R movie until Deadpool came along, I think. Like it it made money. It made a ton of money. Anyway, we can stop talking about the Passion of the Christ. We're going to go all see the Passion of the Christ to the Christening. <laughs> the Passion of the Christ to Christ Revenge. Passion uh, of the Christ to the streets. <laughs> to the streets. <laughs> Good lord! Shout out to Step Up. Bring it back. Oh my God! All right, so um, we're gonna finish with uh, what are we streaming? What are we binging? Um, I'll just I'll just knock mine out because y'all have a uh, y'all have something y'all want to talk about, and I'll let y'all riff on that I have not seen. Um, but I, I guess I, for the, those of you who are wondering, I don't think that you are, but we got a season two of the U coming, the U, not Miami, U coming up soon. So I've just been slugging through that. It is, oh boy, that is tough. Uh, season two of the U. <laughs> boy. Let's talk about the love interest is just fucking named love. Good We've Lord. given up on character names here. <laughs> we're doubling down on how dumb everyone is in this show and upping the graphicness to a whole new level. You won't see this coming until you do. Cause it's so stupid. It's just very, it's just, I can't stop watching it and it's very dumb. The same thing with how season far, one. How far into it are you? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm only like three or four episodes in. Um, okay. So I'm slugging. It's taken me a minute. It, it, I'm slugging through that right now. Let me just tell uh, you, uh, it doesn't get better. <laughs> I won't spoil it for you, but there's one specific scene that I think about almost daily because of how horribly dumb it is. Is it when he puts that guy that he murders through the meat grinder? Because what the hell was that? Oh, <laughs> this is how that getting... guy was. That guy was cool. <laughs> like, no, he wasn't. He, he was an ass. Be... He like. Well, yeah. He cut his He's pinky so... off. But in such a wild, crazy way. <laughs> um, I mean, no, he wasn't like cool. But like, I guess in this universe, he was cool, and like a psychotic way. Um, I mean, yeah, he was in the right. Yeah, he's owed fifty grand. It was, I, yeah. man. This it, it has been weird, wild so far. Um, random Crystalia appearance too. Yeah. What? Yeah. And his story it, seems it, pretty problematic. Oh, it definitely is, and gets more so. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that was very random. Was not expecting Crystalia to be him anyway. Um. 
I only think of him as the Eminem impersonation guy at this point. So every time I saw him, I was just like, say floorboards. (laughs) (laughs) Floorboard with a wash (laughs) on. I can't do it. (laughs) On the floor tours. On the floorboards. Napkins. We need napkins. I think I, I when I think of him, I think of the uh, the drunk girl impersonation, which is now kind of overdone, but it is really funny. So if you haven't seen the drunk girl impersonation of Crystalia yet, it's been on the Facebook algorithm for like twelve years. So I'm sure you've run into it. Um, yeah. So that, and then I, I've been another. I've just been trying to slog through tv shows right now because they're just the ones that i've chosen are just like a it's it takes work um it's called the looming tower it's on hulu it was like a prestige movie or a prestige show uh one of hulu's like better original series i'm on like episode seven now uh stars jeff daniels um and it is it, it's about the cia and the FBI not sharing information with each other that led up to 9-11. And I got to tell you, heavy stuff. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> and it's very, very dry. And it has taken me a month and a half to try and get through this. Anyway, so there's that. So if you're looking for something, if you like like espionage stuff, uh, that's on Hulu. Um, it's okay so far. Uh and then you know, that's all I got to say about that. And then I randomly rewatched The Fugitive the other day. Great movie. Great movie. We're going to get to that next week. Yeah, I think we're going to do a one takedown of that because it has some holes in it, ladies and gentlemen, that you didn't remember well, from 1988. Where can people find it? Because I need to find it. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu with uh, okay. no ads, I think. I think there might be a couple, but like, yeah, I think most of their movies don't have ads, if I'm correct. Yeah, I feel maybe. like that is true. Yeah, so if you're looking for a rewatchable, not to take from a different podcast, but like if you're looking for one, that is that is one that still it really does hold up. But the story is like what? So yeah, I mean, go back, go back and rewatch that. Within the first thirty minutes, you're going to be like, this falls apart very quickly. The, the one arm man. Yeah, but the. Uh, um. But the action is still great. The CG, the effects and stuff are still great. You get a very committed performance from Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford, which you can't say these days. Uh, <laughs> you tweeted but, that Tommy Lee Jones came to this world as a 65-year-old man, and that's absolutely true. Tommy Lee Jones came into this world as a 65-year-old man and fed up. <laughs> yeah, him and uh, Denzel, or, uh, Morgan Freeman have been old my entire life. Literally, so, though, right? Uh, like, they've always been, yeah. like, like the first movie that I really know in, like, my consciousness from Morgan Freeman is Shawshank Redemption, and he's no less than 87 in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> born washed. Yeah, so that's what I've been streaming. Um, I think, I think, I don't know. I think they're worth giving a look at if you're bored, but if you're... Uh, looking for a, something light, the ones that I have been watching are not that. So, But y'all have something that is absolutely light that y'all want to riff on, so I'll just put down the microphone and let y'all talk about that. Jake, let's do it to him. 
Love is blind. The greatest reality dating show since Love Island is here. <laughs> it is a trash nightmare that I am addicted to right now. Uh, We've mentioned other shows having forward momentum where you just have to see what happens next by you. And Love is Blind has forward momentum out the wazoo. It, they, uh, they're doing it, releasing one episode every week, which I think is very rare for Netflix. Uh, they're putting out new episodes every Thursday. So we're only five episodes in as of today. Uh, but you just have to know what happens next. These people are so dumb. The situation is so stupid that you just have to know how this ends. Yeah. Um, so slight correction. They're releasing a joke. So we get five episodes last week. We just got five today. My wife and I just started it. It's so, it, it's a, it's a downhill ride. Like it never gets better. <laughs> never. <laughs> I, I am through the first, handful of episodes that got released binge them all in one night i think tuesday of this week so the new ones i have to get to today but the setup for the show is that there's a group of guys and a group of girls we're all single of varying ages i think anywhere from like 23 to about 35 somewhere in there um they live in this house guys live on one side of it girls live on another side and they are all dating each other, but they only get to talk across genders inside of these little pods so that they can't see the person they're actually talking to. And at the end of, I don't remember what the length of time was, was it like two weeks? They had to uh, decide if they wanted to get engaged to one of the people that they had been talking to for two weeks who they had never seen in person before. Based purely on their voice, the conversations that they have, and I guess their, their hopes and dreams in life or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's so dumb, and I love it so much. And on top of the engagement, in four weeks they had to get married. Just straight up married to a stranger. The best yep. part is... We're introduced to like thirty guys and girls. Like I feel like when we were like first go into the house, like we just kept on seeing more and more people. I felt like I was in that adult swim, too many cooks. Like I just felt like we kept on introducing new people. We ditch all of them except for six couples, which is wild because only I guess only those six got engaged. But there's like yep. a whole slew of forty people that we never will see again. <laughs> Which was really sad to me. Um, it is it is bonkers. Like I think the first engagement happens after three days of just blind dating. Yeah, and it's in the first episode. <laughs> Our, so for for me, who is uninformed about the show, I think uh, Caitlin watches this show, and she said she can't get enough of it. it, it and that's coming from someone who despises The Bachelor, so that's saying something. It, it's Wait, the, what? Yeah, she doesn't like it. Sorry. Uh, sorry about it. Not really. I, I, we'll have to get into The Bachelor at a later date, probably once it's over. Anyway, continue. I got to tell you something that we're not going to do that. Um, the, 
<laughs> are all these people attractive? Right, most of, like all of yeah. them are very attractive. Yeah, it's a show about yeah, varying degrees. I mean, there are a couple, but like everybody is, is like sevens and above. Like nobody is drastically like, oh, we're definitely going for personality on you, which is a terrible. Yeah, nobody is like Jack, Jack hideous. Yeah, nobody's yeah, like so nobody's like a trash monster that there is like on the other side of that. No, it's they're all like they all casually fit into the where fitness Instagram influencers. Right. Do any of them have good personalities? No. No. Okay, there's a couple of people that I'm rooting for. Some of them have already gone home, uh, marriageless. But you know, there's there's some that are redeemable, but for the most part, it's reality TV drama trash, and you know they do it well. So there has to be something though with this that it's just like, okay, y'all really don't have to get married. Do they show them getting married, or like, or can they get it annulled? Like, obviously, they could probably get it annulled, right? Uh, um, so we haven't got to the marriage portion yet. That's, I guess, at the end of this, the current episodes we have now that just were dropped today and or next week. I, I fully do not believe that they're, like, legal marriages. Like, I think it's all for show. To me, there has to be something at the end of this rainbow that they're not telling us about. Like, if you can stay married for, like, if, like, The Bachelor, if you can stay married for two years, you get to keep the ring and something. Like, if they can stay, quote-unquote, married for a couple of months, maybe they get, like, ten grand or something. Because otherwise, else, like, there's a one specific couple that makes no sense and she like outright admits that she settled for him because the her first choice went with somebody else, and she's miserable to the whole show, which makes no sense to me. She would stay and be married to him, so there, there's got to be some sort of prize that we're, we, as the audience, are not told about. Is there a so so you go and you talk to? like separate people all the time or by the time that you come into this house you are already paired with the person you're going to be dating or do you have to decide who you're dating just through that wall what if those other people decide no i wanted to be with that person or you know so so and so how does that work so yeah that happens so what um basically at the beginning of it when they all first move into the house they uh you know just do a bunch of rounds of like speed dating essentially um going into different pods talking to different people and then you know taking notes or whatever on who they liked who they didn't like um some people they just never talk to again um some people they decide they want to talk to for a little while and they stop talking some people they like super in love with there has been a little competition for one of the guys um but that's pretty much it just the one kind of love are there i guess rhombus (laughs) rhombus there were three of them yeah, there were three girls and the one guy, so love rhombus. Yeah. Is there any deep questions being asked at all, or is it mainly like, how often do you do crunches? It gets surprisingly deep for them very early on, which was the wildest part to me. Like, they quote-unquote fall in love with each other because they're like talking about deep shit and like my mother abandoned me and like, Oh, I'm an immigrant to America and it's been so hard and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, they, 
talk about some deep stuff. Some of them, some of them don't, but you know. Well, hey man, you yeah, only you only got a minute. You only got a minute. You got to get things moving, huh? We can't we can't go. We can't I start with that. like favorite color. Um. So the editing of the show is is pretty bad, even for reality standards. So once we leave the pods, we just leave them all together, and we don't know how long they're in the pods or how it works. I can straight up tell that the pods are in a studio and like we're kind of shown that there's like 16 of them. In reality, I think there's four that, that are just using mirrors to show that there's more. Uh, I think it's all a little like pre-selected. Like, you know, these four guys are going to go talk to Jessica and Rump in room number one for the next two hours or whatever. But yeah, the conversations do get a little deep like kind of like on a superficial level like there's zero connection to it but it's very much like tell me the saddest thing about you hmm. so i guess it would be a recommended watch oh, oh for sure. no it is a recommend. it's a recommend if you are in a relationship right now it's a rec- recommended watch because you can just be like at least our relationship is not as shitty as this Look at these idiots. They would never get... We would never do that, right? Right? <laughs> right? For the record, this show is hosted by Nick Lachey and his wife, whose name I forget. But they pitch it as like a science experiment to see if you can right. find true love without... like If love is really blind, um, if you can like find love without like knowing what the person looks like, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, the entire time that they're hosting, they're like the experiment, uh, day 17 of the experiment, the experiment. And it's like, this isn't fucking science. Like, this is just a reality television show and it's horrible. And I love it. Stop lying to me. My eyes are rolling so far back in my head right now. Nick Lachey and science. Right. Okay. They give up on their premise. So hard, so fast. Because most of these people, like, again, the editing is so shitty that you really don't know how much time has passed. But the Love is Blind portion of it only takes, like, five days. Or really, because I think almost everybody got engaged within a week. Um, And then they actually get to look at each other and then, like, spend and see if they can grow the relationship. So the whole, like, point of, like, you build something off of, like, the emotional connection get shot down the second they look at each other uh man this sounds great get in on it get in on it it's so good uh i might need a lighter watch to be honest if i keep watching uh murder porn the show and the 9-11 show so yeah i definitely uh, uh yeah i'll i'll get a watch just to, for my mental health should like at least watch the first episode and see if you're invested in any of it because I was immediately. I should probably just read a book to be completely honest with you, but then we wouldn't have anything to talk about. I had a conversation with a girl for three three conversations with a girl and then immediately said I love you and proposed. That's all you need to know. I love you, Patrick Starr. <laughs> I love you. Um, yeah, anything else? Anything else that we're streaming, watching, reading? Uh, I know that's not happening, uh, but uh, anything else that we're doing? I started Bioshock, speaking of video games, if anyone cares. Uh, uh, infinite, 
Infinite is like one of my top three favorite games. I I have constantly been chastised for that, but I love it. A lot of people do love that game, or as far as like the storyline, it's very cinematic and stuff like that. Speaking of movies that like video games, you might want to be turned into movies. I feel like that series would go I think it pretty been well. Written or been passed around. Like I think somebody actually approached to start writing it, and it might just be stuck in purgatory. Um, the only other thing that I watched was the anticipated sequel to All the Boys I Loved um, before. Uh, we watched the second one. I have thoughts and opinions, but I didn't know if we were going to talk about it at a later date. No, I'm not. Okay. Go for it. Give the it's give the okay. people the review. I won't, I won't go too hard and heavy on it. Um, okay, it's not Don't as good as the first it. one. I'm watching it. Okay. Um, basically, the premise is, is that uh, Laura Jean ends up with, I forgot what that guy's name, and I'm sure my wife is listening to the other side of this or really pissed at me. That, um, Noah Scented Mayo. Yeah, but whatever his character's name is. It doesn't also, matter. Also, his, it really doesn't. Also, his article about like how he used to party way hard in Hollywood was wild. Um, used to? The dude's like 22. <laughs> yeah, he did a he did an interview where basically he was like, yeah, there's thousands of like child actors that all they do is just get hammered every night and they go to set the next day. And I used to be one of those, and I experimented with every drug or something. I was like, good for you, dude. Good lord! All right, Noah scented mayo. Way to go. Um, but yeah, we go on their journey of like young love and in high school and. It definitely gives the youth what they want, but the whole twist is that in the first film, she sends out five letters and one doesn't come back. Finally, the one comes back, so it becomes a little bit of a love triangle. Um, that's very interesting. The rest of the story is, I guess, it's what the kids want. I guess they gave what the kids want. I know it's based off a book. I, I assume this was pretty true to the book. I did not read them, um, but it's okay. It was not as fun and exciting to me as the very first one. I love a good teen com. Love a good rom com. And the second one was just okay to me. Okay. I like the first one. The I don't really plan on watching the second one. Unless Caitlin wants to, then I'll for sure be watching it. Uh, <laughs> I'll be watching it. Yeah, I, I mean, they they Netflix knows what it's doing as far as just like... This is one of the first, actually, and I heard the big picture was talking about this. Um, this is actually one of the first sequels that Netflix has really put out. Uh, so that's sort of an interesting step in the Netflix streaming platform thing. Uh, so we'll see how they continue with that, but they're definitely making a third one already. Um, and good for them. Why not? Just like I said, Netflix just throws stuff at a dartboard. Yeah. I mean, definitely this thing is, is, is probably going to kill it. And like, it is a good movie. Like it does continue the story. It is fun in comparison to me. It's not as good. Yeah. They'll probably mow this thing for all it's worth. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else. Dex, you got anything? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. <laughs> you heard the man. We are going to actually be doing in a couple of weeks, um, maybe next week even, a Florence Pugh, uh, I don't know, retrospective of her early career already. Because she's only Florence like, Pugh Appreciation Day. Florence Pugh Appreciation Day. We will have it every year at the same time. Uh, <laughs> sort of like the Midsummer Festival, or not? But um, 
the so that's probably what we're going to be doing uh soon we're actually going to be end up probably even doing uh the fugitive rewatch um here in a little bit uh so watch that watch some florence Pugh movies i gotta finally watch little women lil women like not little women um well lil women and uh once they drop that album we'll definitely be listening the podcast you can find us at one take pod on twitter that is the number one take pod on twitter find us on apple itunes spotify google podcast and on Simplecast. uh if you have uh spotify it may be kind of difficult finding us so go to the link in our twitter uh and you can find the spotify link there apple very easy just type in one take podcast give us a rating and review that really does help just takes two seconds to literally like swipe right on five stars so that really does help us helps our algorithm um appreciate the people that are downloading constantly and listening we got a random listener in australia and like indonesia so out to you guys we're international uh, because of you international podcast one take pod so thank you to those people that are uh downloading and listening please continue to do so like i said swipe right for five stars uh and then you can roast us if you want to in the comments um that's all that i have right now one more time dex hit him with the hashtag hashtag support florence pew all right we out that was lame bye Sonic was okay. Alright, we're done. Spending all your money on me, on me. What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk inside that trunk. I'ma get, 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 get you drunk. Get you love drunk off my hump. What you gonna do with all that ass? All that ass inside of jeans. I'ma make, 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 make you scream. Make you scream, make you scream. Cause of my hump.